Welcome to a very special Niners Nation podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. Very happy to be joined by a man who needs no introduction to 49ers fans, multiple time Pro Bowler, All Pro, George Kittle. George, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. So you are part of a campaign called hashtag flip the turf. It's probably the campaign that everybody could get behind because I don't know a single person who wants NFL games to be played on turf anymore. How'd you get involved with this? Um, I got involved. My friends over at Pennington, they uh, saw some of my interviews over the year where I've um, kind of been dragging turf through the mud because uh, I don't like turf. I'm not a fan of it. I like grass, love grass. And um Basically, all they said was, hey, let's work together here. Let's try to get all – there's 16 teams left that still play on turf. So let's try to get those 16 teams to switch to grass. And so they came out. Um, they put a petition out for fans to get behind. It's on change.org called Flip the Turf. Vote on it. Let's get more grass out there. Pennington's going to – they're going to provide the grass fields, help them install basically for free, which I think is really cool. And um, I don't know why people wouldn't do it. And my whole thing with the, the whole turf and the grass thing is – NBA and NHL players play on the same playing surface week in and week out. They practice on it. They play on it. It has the same regulations. You ha- has to be, it has to be ABC. The NFL, I play on a different turf in Cincinnati, a different turf in New Orleans, a different turf in LA, a different turf in New York. And then I practice on a different grass. And then my field's a grass field. And hey, Chicago has a different grass field than Lambeau. And so you play on all these different surfaces and your body has to adjust all these things. Why not just have a mandated, this is what you have to play on. There's going to be less injuries. People are going to get used to the playing surfaces. People are going to be less sore. If you can grow grass in Green Bay in January, why can't you grow it uh, anywhere else? It's Lambo. It's cold. It's snowy. If you, you They grow it in uh, Las Vegas. I just played on it in the Pro Bowl. It was a grass field in Las Vegas. Like We, we got to work together, and if it's going to be more expensive, it is what it is. You have multi-million dollar athletes playing on okay surfaces and guys are getting hurt and okay surfaces george i think we both know that that field in I new york was not okay what wait which one the one in metlife see look i got i didn't even play on it i was hurt both those games so i didn't even play on it but i could definitely feel it um but like that turf is a hundred percent different than what la is and that turf is a hundred percent different than what new orleans is so why not a instead of choose one of five turfs choose one of one grass and that's what's work there you can go to change.org slash flip the turf to be a part of it. Um, I've got a ton that I want to get to you, uh, but first I want to start because I just saw uh, you had a nice message up for John Embry, your old mm. tight ends coach now, who's now in Miami. A um, couple of things there. First of all, can you explain to people, I don't think people realize how much of a, a relationship you have with your position coach as an NFL player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're just Embo is someone that you know you're you're in a room with them every single day from rookie mini camp um, all throughout OTAs, checking with you the whole off season, and then every single day of football you're just in with rooms with them for an hour and hours and hours. And uh, Embo has been nothing short of incredible for me. Uh, he's my favorite coach, really. I've ever had like the opportunity to work with. Um, uh, he's just been incredible for me. He's he's shown me the ins and outs of the NFL. And I, I will say, like, I feel like him and Garrett Selleck, my rookie year, were kind of like my life raft uh, in the NFL because I just kind of got thrown to start. And I had no idea. I didn't know anything about anything. And they both just uh, made things easy for me. And then, uh, you know, Coach Embo, he's got to work with the greats. He's got to work with Tony Gonzalez. He got Cam Bray to a Pro Bowl. Uh, Chris Cooley, like, he has this, he has a lot, like, a fantastic resume. Um, 
all he does is he reminds me to have fun and to work hard. And when you can you know, agree on those two things, you can be a really good football player, but he made things really easy. And I will say this, he, he has a different standard at which he holds his players at. And that's one thing I've really enjoyed is the rooms that we've had each year. Um, and while they've like changed, they've gotten different. Um, and I've been there every single year. Dwelly's been there since my second year, but everyone else that's, that's come in and out of there, we've always held them, everyone to a high standard. And that's, you know, it starts with Embo and then it comes down to, you know, the players, but you know, we work really hard and we all run block. We all put 100% effort into every single play. And you don't see that everywhere. And you can tell that on tape. You know, watch our tight end room. You're going to watch good tape. And, you know, or you might, you know, you might not, you might miss a block or something, but you're going to try your hardest in every single play. And Embo definitely uh, set us all up for success. And he loved, he, he, he raised the standard to how a tight end should play football. Do you have a pitch for maybe a, a prospective tight ends coach that are out there right now looking for a job? Do I have a pitch? Because I have an opening in my tight end coach position? Yes. Oh, raise the standard. Let's see what we can do better. Uh, I know, you know, it's the eye in the sky doesn't lie. You know, there's a lot of tape out there. You know, there's a lot of plays that, you know, I could be a better, you know, there's things I need to work on. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to any opportunity that I can and to build a relationship with somebody. Just, you know, just trying to win. Now, I know you've gotten a ton of questions because I watch every press conference for the Niners. And I know you've gotten a ton of quarterback questions, a ton of Kyle Shanahan questions. What is the question that you are most annoyed with or you were most annoyed with this year? Oh, um, this year? Probably just any type of compare. Like, what's the difference between Jimmy and, Jim, Jimmy and Trey? What What's the difference in the touch of their passes? <laughs> They're quarterbacks. Like everybody throws a different ball. Like, I don't, like, what do you, what do you want me to say? Like, Hey, do you think Trey Lance should be starting? What do you want me? Like, come on guys. Let's just, no, like I'm, I'm confident in my quarterback. Jimmy's a fantastic guy. He's going to lead us. And that's what he did. And so, I mean, they just, there's so many questions out there that people, you know, they just, they're just trying to drag you know, Jimmy through the mud as much as they possibly can. And it's pretty amazing to me how he, well he handles it and then consistently just uh, delivers. Okay, when you say drag him through the mud, because I want to be totally honest with you. I thought Trey should have started from from day one. Just they Mm. invested so much in him, all of that. I have been critical of Jimmy Garoppolo, but not I don't have anything against Jimmy Garoppolo, the person. I just think that and hope that the quarterback play can get to another level. But it wasn't anything personal on Jimmy. I I know. I I just look, I do my best to not read all the media stuff, but. You know, my mom loves to send me clips and, you know, articles and stuff like that. And, <laughs> hey, you know what? If you're the starting quarterback for one of the biggest franchises in the history of sports, we had guys like Joe Montana and Steve Young. Yeah, okay. You're going to be criticized and you got to play at a high level. So, hey, I mean, like, I'm not saying like that stuff. I don't really, I don't really care about, you know, like it's football. It's the NFL. If we were in New York, they'd probably be worse. You know, they'd probably be meaner. Um, so, but just the, I don't know. Some of the stuff people just kind of just tear at him at. It's like, well, you know, he can't really control all those things. He's just out there trying his best. So, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with the criticism, though. What does she send you? So, oh, my mom? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure my mom gets on Twitter and looks my name up every single time. <laughs> oh, no. And she'll send me any article or, hey, this person said something really mean about you. or this, And I'm, I'm like, mom, you got to stop it. You got to stop. Do you, do you read them or is it point or you just phase it out? Oh, my wife, Claire, usually filters them for me. She said, this is a fun article if you want to read it. Mm. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if you tweeted mean things about me, my mom's probably seen it. She might hate you. That's good to know. I have <laughs> complained about your lack of, of red zone opportunities and red zone touchdowns. So you may have come across something that I have said in the past. Although, 
I did just talk to Vernon Davis yesterday, and he said that you are the 49ers all-time tight end at 85. Wow. Vernon said that? Yep. That's cool. I actually, it's fun. I live right next to his Jamba Juice, um, where there's a huge fathead sticker of him in the end. <laughs> I see him. I see him multiple times a week. Um, but no, that's really cool. Uh, I'm a huge Vernon Davis fan. I'm watching all his games. Also, just hearing about him because Garrett Selleck played with him. He'd always tell me stories about Vernon and just how big of a freak he was. God, he ran a four three six. I think I, I think I, I think I could run about a. I think I could hit like a four four five right now. That's really that's pretty damn fast, George. I think I can hit it. Give me like a week of. Give me like one more week of recovery because I'm still recovering from the season. Man, all right. Um, is there something for 2022 that you are looking forward to that you like? You're not going to have to deal with. Like you dealt with it this year, you're not going to have to deal with it next year. Ooh, um, what am I looking forward to? I don't even want to like jinx myself. Because <laughs> you never know what will happen in the NFL offseason. Um, what I'm looking forward to, um, you know, hopefully we can bring a lot of our free agents back because there's there's a couple guys on there that were like foundational pieces in my opinion that are are, are very important to our core. I uh, like DJ Jones, who is my last guy from the 2017 draft class, like. Would love to bring him back because he's a great locker room guy and a fantastic football player. Um, you know, those things are over my head. Um, but yeah, just try to keep a lot of the core guys. And then I'm looking forward to the draft because somehow we have like nine picks, which is really cool and or something like that. And, you know, I always like bringing in rookies. and I like seeing uh, where John and Kyle's head's at. And so I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how this team, where the pieces are falling and what we're going to focus on. I know we only have a couple minutes left. I want to I want to get into some wrestling a little bit because I know obviously you're a huge wrestling fan. I just want to know you're younger than I am. Like, are you a student of wrestling history? How far back does your wrestling fandom go? Okay, so this is this is gonna throw you through a loop. I didn't start watching really until until college. What? Yeah, I know. So hear me out. But one of my best friends who played Iowa football with me, he's actually a wrestler now. He travels like all up and down the United States. And we always go to WrestleMania together. But in college, he would come over to my house and I would watch. I've seen almost every WrestleMania now. Like I've seen, I watched like, I want to say like 150 hours of uh, <laughs> network over like the course of one summer. So like my history is pretty good. Like I'm all right. I didn't really start, but like I've always, I watched Stone Cold and The Rock growing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're my favorite. But besides that, I really like, like Shawn Michaels is now one of my favorites after watching all the WrestleManias and stuff. Like Nice. He's amazing. But yeah, so like I'm working on it. I'm way more familiar with like today's people, but I can, you know, I got, I'm a little bit of a history buff. Did you see Shawn Michaels kick Marty Jannetty and throw him through the barbershop window? Yeah, I have seen it. Okay. So that's yeah, like, not bad. Like, I've seen everything. Like, I can't be incredibly specific, but I've seen, like I said, hundreds of hours of WWE network. Okay. That's pretty good. If you have time, get into the old, the real ECW stuff with okay. Tommy Dreamer and Raven. And that stuff is crazy. Uh, last question for me, greatest wrestling finisher of all time. And if you say the people's elbow, we're just going to shut this down right now. The finisher. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, like I'm a huge fit, like the stone cold stunner, I think is the coolest just because, especially like when, um, the rock or Shane McMahon, like would sell it like that was one of the, <laughs> like they'd fly out of the ring almost for no reason. Right. Uh, that, Rolling over. Yeah. That, um, HBK is just the kick to the face. Like that's electric um that one and then i think one of my other favorites i love the uh the pedigree from uh triple h, triple and h. Seth yeah i love triple h too he's one of the coolest guys i've ever met 
I met Triple H backstage after we beat uh, 2018. We beat Seattle at home, and TLC was at the San Jose, the SAP Center in San Jose. So I went to it, and then I, they took us backstage, and I got to meet Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And it was, that was super cool. And it was fun too, because I had my wife, my sister, and uh, my wife's two friends with me. And was it Stephanie McMahon? Yeah, Stephanie McMahon was like, yeah, you came with your, your entourage of women. Is that just kind of how you roll these days? It's like, whoa, relax. I'm married, <laughs> but thank you so much. Hey, she's going to be, Steph's going to be running that whole thing pretty soon. I know. I know she is. I'm excited for it. Is Shane McMahon really out at WWE? I think he like, is, which crazy. is, I know, right? Like your dad has this business, this family business, and all of a sudden, nope, you're out. I mean, it's not like he's been a part of it for the last 20 years. Like he's been in the ring. I don't, yeah. I, what's what's he going to do now? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know what? We don't need to be holding any bake sales for the McMahons. I think they're going to be just fine. They'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, George, thank you very much for the time. Again, you can go to change.org slash flip the turf to be a part of the campaign. Thanks very much. As a Niner fan, thank you for everything, man. We love you. Hey, I appreciate it. Wait, you didn't, once, you didn't tell me what your favorite finisher was. Well, I, I'm old school. I go back. I go to the Perfect Plex with Mr. Perfect. I don't know if, okay. you're, if you know about that one, but yeah. I like it. I think Bret Hart's the only guy to ever kick out of it. So, you know, that, that's pretty good for me. That's, that's pretty good. All right, I love it. All right, thanks for having me on.